Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 podcast here on AthlonSports.com. Back after a couple days off, a little long there, a little long break there, but that's because Mitch Light has been in the throes, in the heat of battle of magazine production, which is what we're going to talk about today on the show. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you for joining us. His name is Mitch Light. You can follow us on the Twitters, at Braden Gall, at Athlon Mitch. Of course, uh, magazines are on newsstands in about a month or Not so. telling, not saying. You are in the business oh, of we're trying, trying to, to promote sell magazines, okay. right? Okay. Yes, May 21st is the official on-sale date, but it uh, usually comes out sooner. In fact, one sure. one year we were in, you know what, it's the year they won the national championship. We went, we kind of went and picked Florida number one. No one else had him number one, and we were really trying to hold. So eight? Yeah, I think so. We're, we were really trying to hold that and not let anyone know. And then, like, they were out in the newsstands in Jacksonville, like, literally right. seven days early, and someone's posting online, which, which is, was fine. Which, which is where, of course, Tim Tebow's from and where Tim Tebow covers would have been put on, on the front quickly. Yes. So maybe they saw it. So, so point, oh, we need to get these out there. Point being, we have an official on-sale date, right. but basically whenever, whenever distributors or stores get it, they usually put it on. Do you know when people can pre-order? Um, on the very website. soon. Very soon. Okay. We, I, we, we've, we've handed everything off to the people that run our store. And maybe by the time someone's listening, this will be up there. So we'll have all, all of our covers. Now, we, I know we're going to get into this later. We can go more in depth. But this year, we have an SEC magazine and a national magazine. No longer doing Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12 regions. But one thing, we are, we've, we've pumped up the national. We're over 300 pages. We added 40 pages to our national magazine. There's more coverage than ever. In fact, if you're, if you're a Michigan fan that used to buy our Big Ten magazine, you had the four pages of Michigan there's almost as much the same information crammed into two. We've done a good job uh, cramming a lot of information in there. So you'll see our national magazine, which is 304 pages, and then our SEC magazine as well. So we'll, And we'll get to a little bit more um, as to the decisions behind some of this stuff. And, and we're going to take you behind the curtain a little bit because um, I've wanted to do this for a while now. We just sort of never got around to it. I'm not really sure why. By the way, rate, review, and subscribe, please. Um, the reviews are, are important, um, even if you you know comment and you body shame me, it's it's fine. Um, podcast at athonsports.com, of course, is the website. So today on the show, I wanted to take like a really nerdy look at the magazine, and we're not going to necessarily we'll, we might touch on some predictions in the 2019 magazine to some degree in a roundabout way, but really this is more about the process with which this book actually gets made, how it's changed over time, how it's evolved. And, and, and frankly, we want to sort of, in the interest of full transparency, really maybe talk about some stuff that we've never talked about as a magazine company, why the covers look the way they do, who do, who do we put on the cover, and why do rankings affect sales, do rankings of team affect sales. We've got lots of stuff that maybe we, we you know, why did we go to a single, essentially a single magazine model now with the national magazine being beefed up to over 300 pages, like you said. So... I think that there's a lot of, of interesting stuff that we've never really been on the record or talked about openly that I think we're going to have some fun with. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. This will be entirely about how this book comes together and sort of our goals, our objectives, and sort of the process of the whole thing. And and Mitch, I'll start with your role. What is your role, your title? How long have you been doing it? And do we should we trust the process? Have you put in place a process that we should trust? We did not have a Joel Embiid-esque performance from last night during production. So, uh, yes, trust the process. Um, is that a Saban thing or just a Sixers thing? Or is it both? I, did the Sixers steal it from Saban? I, I think so. I mean, it yeah. seems like Saban, it, the Saban's yeah. been doing it lo- longer than the, before right. the uh, Sixers started to tank. So That's true. Um, my, my job is executive editor. I don't know why I have that title. It's more like managing editor is my responsibility. So basically, uh, I, everything to do with the magazines is my responsibility. Like literally every word. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I edit every word. I read every word. But, you know, we have a, a, a team. We basically have three full-time editors. We have a designer and a photographer. And then we use seasonal fact-checkers and stuff like that. So basically, it's just it's the, the formation of the magazine. One of the things I like the most is dealing with, uh, you know, we use beat writers for pretty much every school. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but uh, there's, I'll get to that right now. When I've, I've been here 18 years. I've been the managing editor, I think, for, for 11. When I first started, we would have certain guys write multiple stories. Like we had a guy in Texas that wrote the Texas story, the Texas A&M story. You know, just he, he would do three or four stories. And then one of my first years here, I forgot who it was. He submitted his Texas story probably before spring practice. And they had an all-conference all, all type left tackle who during the spring or he moved from right tackle to left Justin tackle. Justin Blaylock. No, it was well before that. <laughs> he moved – it was a key position switch. And this guy was actually – I think he was in College Station. He wrote the story, didn't follow up with Texas. We didn't have it in the magazine. This is kind of like – you know, it wasn't pre-internet, but it, people weren't tweeting about the move. And then the magazine came out, and we got a lot of emails like, how do you guys not know that this guy switched positions? Do your research, all that stuff. And, and at that point, I said, you know what, we need – a guy at every school, a guy or a gal at every school who's at spring practice. Like what I tell my writers, it's kind of a joke, but if the backup right guard hurts his toe in a spring practice, I want to know. I'll make the decision how important it is. So we have our stories submitted, but they follow So you up. rule with an iron fist of, of content. Yeah, because we, we got to be right. Yep. I'm not saying everything's yep. right, like especially with the grad transfers nowadays. Our magazine went to press and, and there's guys switching teams and you know we just I, I can live with that. But I don't want to be wrong about anything that happens before we go to press. And that's why we, we have fact checkers. We have Every story gets fact checked. Um, so I but, take a lot of pride in, in, in being as right as possible. Justin Blaylock played at Texas from 03 to 06. I don't think you were okay. in charge it of the entire magazine before it, 03. Well, I started in 01. I, I, we pride ourselves on this podcast in getting all the factual information correct. Yes. Consensus All-American in 2006 played, of course, on the national championship team. Anyway, I digress. A funny story, though, about that. I know we're digressing. Is One of my first – when was Roy, was it Roy Williams, the All-America wide, wide receiver? receiver? What year was that? Was it early – I don't know. I've only got Justin Blaylock's okay. Wikipedia page. So we just, we just dropped the ball. We forgot him on our All-American teams. Like, just didn't have him. I think he was a returning first-team All-American. And I remember, going, not good. I remember going on the radio, and I was still relatively new going on the radio, and I got ambushed in Austin. Uh, 01, 02, 03. He I, was a third-team All-American in 03, so only his last season. Okay, so, so it was a bad omission. And I remember going – Rather than just owning it on the air, like oh, you tried to lie. Oh, I tried. I tried to be like, well, you know, <laughs> and he ended up not having a great year. So we, we were kind of right, but it was complete BS. I tried to, yeah. you know, we just made a mistake. Uh, what about Tyler Wilson, quarterback at Arkansas? No, no, we'll get <laughs> to that. Just, we'll get to that. There's so many backstories to teams and players that we did or didn't get picked. I will say this though, along those lines, you kind of something that that we didn't talk about kind of pre-show, and that is the mistakes that are made. Um, certainly the Art Bryle situation, the Hugh Freeze situation, the Bobby Petrino situation, uh, Braxton Miller, I believe, was an issue maybe. Maybe was there a quarterback at Notre Dame, Everett Golson, or like, like take us through some of the bigger mistakes that you can remember. And, and not mistakes, but just things, things that are things wrong. That are out, right, that are wrong but out of our control because we've gone to press. Now, I think we caught the Bobby Petrino one yes. because it had it happened, the motorcycle accident. Happened ha during, it happened like during happened a, like right, in April. Right before our deadline or whatever. But take maybe some of the peep, some of the bigger mistakes. I want to say we had a, a – did we not have a like a player on the cover for Notre Dame that was <clears> – that ended up not playing on the team that year? It was – uh, transferred away? May, who's, the, who's the quarterback at Oklahoma who um, 
got kicked off the team with the car was working for the car dealer had some NCAA oh, stuff. Rhett, Bo- Rhett Bomar. We had Rhett Bomar on the cover. I think we picked Oklahoma number one that year. Well, basically, this is the one. This is the one thing that I don't love. From the time we send it to the printer to the time it goes on newsstands, it's it's over three weeks or even longer. So there's that lag, and if things happen, like there's I nothing just, we can do about there's it. Not, like like I said, there's you know we okay. Here's a good example. We were literally sending files to the printer the day Tommy Stevens transferred from Penn State. <laughs> so we had like he was in our quarterbacks right. battles. He's in our Penn State story. It's featured very prominently. Yeah, but but the one that the one that was just a uh, was a killer was the. Um, uh, the um, who's watched Mike Price situation in Alabama? Oh yeah, because we had yeah, a long time ago. We had a feature on him in the magazine, so we had it teased on every SEC cover. We had like twelve SEC covers that were already printed, and like the prices right at Alabama. We right, get, right. we got those reprinted. So um, sure, there, there's prominent guys that that, that go down that w- that we miss. Um, I, I want to say both the Art Bryles thing and the Hugh Freeze thing happened in the same year after we had put Baylor and Ole Miss pretty high in our top twenty-five. And I want to say well, we, no, we, had, we had we had a feature on Ole Miss, like stability at Ole Miss, like <laughs> fin- finally, and then and then something about our Bryles too. You know, uh, we had a Baylor feature uh, as well, and both of those things happened in the summer and just, just Everett Golson transferred on May seventh, so we would have missed I, that. I yes. want to say that Everett Golson was on our cover as a Notre Dame quarterback, and that year transferred to Florida State, I believe. So, uh, But again, those are things that are out of our control. But we want to, again, this is the, sort of the point of this podcast is to kind of air some of that stuff and take people through some of those issues. So um, g- give us real quickly, you kind of rattled it off fairly quickly there, just the different layers and departments and the amount of hands that touch the magazine in each story because you've talked about how you look at every single word, um, but there's a photography department, there's an art department, there's fact-checking. Like when I say fact-checking, I don't think people understand the granular level with which it takes to, to make sure. And again, we have huge issues in the media right now with certain certain media entities that refuse to do this. And we, uh, in print, are required to have a very strenuous fact-checking process. Yeah, we, we have every word that's... In- does this mean things don't things slip past the goalie? They do. We've got a lot of words in the magazine, but every word is fact checked. And one thing that's kind of made me feel good lately is, I'll so, a fact checker will find a mistake in a story, and usually I can double check it. But sometimes I want to run it past the writer who submitted. Be like, hey, we found this. Where, where was your source? Where did right. you get this research? And every time I do that. I get a response from, wow, that's great, you know, that you guys still do this because no one else, our paper doesn't do it anymore and all that stuff. So, <laughs> we, I mean, we have like when, our, when our, our rice story comes in, it might take a fact checker two hours to fact check that in the depth chart. So, like, we're spending not just assigning the story. to pay, Spelling names correctly. Oh, yeah, and on the depth chart, yeah. we, matching, up, matching everything up. So, yeah, basically, uh, I'll kind of spitball here, but, you know, we, we start after the season, and that's when we start accumulating stats and stuff. Um, and all that. We can't really do anything team specific, but all, all of the stats get going well, you know, in any, January and February. Anything that's a that's like if you're a freshman sophomore, you know, or in, like freshman or sophomore, for example, you can already start to put a lot of the roster names. Like you can put a chunk of the roster together. You can put returning. Well, we, we get our returning official, statistics. We get our official rosters from the school. Um, so that, but uh, the real process of the you know. I contact the writers in February. It's usually a, hey, Braden, you know, hope all's well. You in for the Tennessee story no, again. No, no, Illinois. You in for the Illinois story yep. again. Uh, in touch base and don't really officially assign the story until March, but touch base with all the writers to be sure they're in. And, and I know you wanted to ask about, like, feature stories. We, we have meetings where we discuss feature stories, but I also, I am always 
thinking and looking for interesting ideas. Like one of the stories that's coming out this year that I really like is uh, we're, we're doing a story about famous fathers, prominent fathers whose kids go to rival schools. And what made me think of this was the Cade Mays situation right. at Tennessee. Five-star kid had been committed from Knoxville, had been committed to Tennessee. He switches. He's at Georgia. His dad, he's from Knoxville. His dad yeah. played there. So his dad's going to be sitting in the, the yeah. visit. You know, he's going to be wearing Georgia stuff at Tennessee. Charles Thompson, the, 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 uh, all, the great quarterback at Oklahoma in the uh, 1980s, his son, Casey Thompson, is the backup quarterback at Texas. This is a guy who has, does, you know, lived in Oklahoma, lives there now, I think he's a talk show host. His kid goes there. So does, I th- does Little Sweeney count? Huh? Does Little Sweeney count? I know he's not playing. I know. I Where's know, he go? I, he, he goes to, he's a walk-on at Clemson, I believe. Well, his dad coaches the team. Though. Right, but his dad went to Alabama. And his dad's uh, no, no. rival. Does that count at all? <laughs> no, it doesn't. He was not mentioned in the okay, story. Okay. And talked about the Boses too. I mean, the Boses' dad went to Boston College. He's like, sure. you know, we're not. They weren't going to Boston College. And, and, and <laughs> how dare you? You're saying that Boston College didn't even have a, an opportunity I, to I, land either I, of the Boses. I don't think they were necessarily in the, in the in final the, in five. In the final five. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, so it's just things during this. Like one time, you know, I was talking to Bob Shoup, and he was at Vanderbilt, and he was just like. Being a defensive, defensive coordinator, coordinator at Mississippi yeah, State currently. is the is the most difficult job in sports. Being different, you know, it's kind of kidding, but he's like, one week we're facing an option team if you played Navy. The next week you're facing a power rushing team. Then you're facing a spread team, and you've got basically two practices. So that was a feature, the most right. difficult job in sports. So watching games, hearing people talk. So we're always coming up with features, and then you've got your your staples like, you know, we got to do an Alabama feature. We got to do an Auburn. Feature. You know, we try and spread it around like in our SEC mag. You know, we, we try to, you know, Rotate spread the love the around. But yeah. you know what? It, we're trying to sell magazines, too. So it's always good to have Alabama features. Now, this year, there was an obvious one. Do features tie into sales that much, though, in your opinion? Or is it more? Because when you sit down, because I, I, I think this is important. When you sit down to discuss, you we used to sort it used to be, you know, you'd be like, hey, here are like 10 or 12 ideas. What do you guys think? And we would all sit down and we'd say, here are my three or four favorite ideas. Somebody else would say, here are my three or four favorite ideas. And we'd kind of group think it a little bit and then you obviously always had final say and these are the ones we want to do and then you assign them to somebody who's really qualified to write that story because they either cover that beat or know those people or personnel I think I, well. I know what you're getting let me answer the um, question but you don't ever sit there and go man if we, if we write a story about this this team I mean now there are certain players that transcend like Trevor Lawrence or Jim, Jim Harbaugh for yeah. example is a guy that's a that's a lightning rod of a personality so you do a story on him but that's not that's not necessarily that's not the tail wagging the dog there it's we we find the what we believe is the most interesting stuff and try to deliver that in the best possible way to the audience yeah it's a balance and i i think you're going to get into this and we always say we have never made a prediction uh, say, save this line okay say, say this line because i really want to i want to focus heavily on that okay but but it, it plays off of that we're, we're still trying to sell magazines and, and having a feature or having a q a with tua is going to move the needle more right but i also want to spread i also want to tell good stories too like this year in our sec magazine we have an alabama feature we have an auburn feature but we also have a feature on josh paschal the uh t- the kentucky linebacker who missed last year with cancer and he's back good human right. interest story we have a short we have a story on Keyshawn vaughn that basically is like the sec's unknown star you got a guy here at vanderbilt who had an unbelievable season and i think most people probably don't really know who he is and his story grew up right. in the projects in nashville it's a good story 
So did, we, did we do one about Bill Snyder handwriting letters? Yes, that's that, that was a great feature that David Fox, one of our former uh, former hosts, former podcast. former tri host of the uh, podcast, and I don't think that's a word. Um, you tri, know, tri curious. Yeah. B- <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, he he had read somewhere that 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 uh, Bill Snyder ha- writes handwritten notes to to players they go up against. Like he, he, if if they lost to Texas, he might have sent Colt McCoy. Really enjoyed playing right. against you, so we did it, and it was an amazing story. So, and like, that's not one that moves the needle right. from but, like, but that's good journalism. But, but, but we also, I'm a college football fan. I grew up, you know, reading Athlon Sports. I kind of, I'm a good barometer. If I think it's an interesting story, it's probably an interesting story. So, not everything needs to be about a superstar. That's a right. really interesting story that you might not read when you buy the magazine. But if it's on your coffee table, you know, a month later, oh, that, that's a Bill right. Snyder. So, we right. just want to the team previews and the predictions. That's kind of the guts of the magazine. But we also want to tell the story. And I found myself trying to think outside the box more recently, like that father-son story, because there's such good storytelling, not to be sappy, on the internet now with sites like The Athletic right. and stuff. You, there's you, good writers out yeah, there. Yeah, there's good writers. You can't just say, here's Tua, he's great. you got to come up with a kind, of, right. kind of an interesting angle. So that's what that's kind of made us think even harder in recent years, in my opinion. No, I, and I, Well, and I think, you know, you've done a lot, right? Like, you've done this for 20 years, so... 18, I'm not that I mean, old. A lot of stuff... I don't want to say regurgitates itself, but it does kind of it, things cycle through and back. I mean, you could you could in theory do a feature on the evolution of the offense and the quarterback position probably every five years, and it would probably be very interesting because it would probably be different every time you did it. But oh yeah, we could look back. We like this right. crazy spread. Uh, you know, we had a feature the, on that the zone read. Didn't yeah, we have a, didn't we do something about the zone yeah. read with 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 Rich Rodriguez yes. when we when in West Virginia? So. There's all kinds of, of really interesting stuff, and so I, I I will say that the features, and then of course you assign them to people who are really qualified to write those. Sometimes we'll do them in house. Some like, not so qualified, right? Some of them. <laughs> if you want to name names, this I could. is your podcast. I could. Um, you're not going to get them to do much work for you after that. I don't. I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, obviously, you know David Fox was an in house guy that used to do stuff. Do here some features. And, um, didn't he also do one on? What it takes to to travel with the team from that an was, equipment standpoint, or did that you do that? No, that that was him. That was my idea. One thing that when I started doing sideline for Vanderbilt, you just realize when you travel with the team how much goes into it and how many behind the scenes people. The the the, the, like eight, the true logistics. The eighteen wheelers uh, leaving on thir- after practice on Thursday, they load up all the equipment and driving from here to Gainesville, um, and then the the, the 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 getting five buses from the school right and how they're staggered in times the 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 people like the 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 non-essentials like us the media will go in the first one we have to sit on the plane and then the players and coaches come right. and, and right. the food involved so he he basically this wasn't ideal because it wasn't a plane trip but basically he went behind the scenes with louisville for a road trip to cincinnati so he was with the with the which with, is a very short road trip yeah with the crew like the the equipment guys and stuff like that so it's very like, cool i find yeah. that stuff interesting so you yeah know, we did a feature on that and you write um of course the letter to the editor um, we don't no we don't do those anymore we started doing the remember the questions where oh, that's we, right. we, we do like a stat box question like this year was like who's your favorite college mascot and i don't think you answered me ever so no you're, no you're no in there I thought I responded no, you to you. Didn't. You asked me. I asked you and you didn't respond. That's not true. I don't not do work for you. You're, you're my boss. You're, you're you're lying right now, by the way. I don't think so. I, I don't I honestly remember sending this something to you. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I for, yeah. maybe I meant to and then didn't. Send. Big time me. How many how many text messages though? Do you know you have that thing where you like write out the text message to someone and you thought you pressed send? Oh, and I hate you, like, when that happens. And you put your phone down and then like six hours later or two days later, someone's not like, someone you text with a wait line. a second. Why didn't you respond to this? And I was like, oh shit. Shoot, I really actually thought I did do that. It yeah. happens all the time. Anyway, um, I, we digress. All right, so let's. Re- we did mention the beat writers, and I think it is an important distinction between us and 
many magazines. I'm not going to say all of them, but we do have someone who is going to practice checking those facts on every single thing that knows the team better that, that we don't want to pretend that we can sit in a room with 12 televisions and think that we know everything about every team because we can, we know a lot and we study a yeah, lot. We're not going to we, sit here and pretend and we, we know more at Kansas State than a guy that covers the team. And I didn't go to Oregon spring practice. So, I mean, did I watch it? Did I read about it? Of course. But the guy who is there talking to the players and the, and the coaches every day or girl is going to be far more qualified. So that is an important distinction in our magazine that when you read the story about your team, it is from somebody who knows your team extremely well. And is and it doesn't – they because I get asked that all the time. Like, hey, which previews do you write, Braden? And I go, none. I don't, I don't write any of them because – we want someone covering the team, and that's going to give our audience a better, that's, a better you, piece of content. You brought something up that's inter- interesting to me. I tell people, for the most part, though, we're not, you're not going to learn anything about your team. If you're a hardcore fan, you're not going to really learn anything about your team that you don't know, but you're getting an opinion about your team, some, an angle about your team. A lot of this is for, like if you're an SEC fan, or before I worked at Athlon, I like to buy these magazines because I want to know about other teams. Like I knew right. – Right. I knew what was going on at Vanderbilt. I want to know what was going on at you know TCU Georgia, or yeah or any yeah, other school. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's where you really learn about uh, more in depth about your rivals. So what's the psych, the life cycle of that story itself? You assign it to someone in February or March. They then produce that piece of content for you. Do you how, do you do you cut a lot of information? Do you do you get you know what is there a word count? Oh you no, know, it's very like, like if you if you're familiar the, with that process, and then how does it actually get itself into the magazine? If you're um familiar with the magazine which i hope a lot of people are you know the the pages are templated so you got your your georgia page looks exactly like your your alabama page um so like very strict about word counts because i'm dealing with 130 stories here so i don't have time that if the story's supposed to be 1100 words for you to submit 1800 words and me to cut like i just tell people it's like i sent it back said i've very strict guidelines bullet points we need we need the recruiting summary to be between 250 and 300 words we need three key players. They need to be between 40 and 50 words. So, yeah, it's right. very – if you can Regimented. follow instructions, instru- regimented is a good word. I use formulaic, too. If you can sounds, – It sounds more uh, corporate buzzy. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you softer. Can, yeah, so so we, we, I send out guidelines when I make the ass- assignment, um, and most people do a pretty good job. So the story comes in, and we get – you know, like I said, it's 130 teams plus features and stuff like that. They start coming in in, in very late March and early April to mid-April. So we've got tons of stories to edit. So myself or Rob Doster, one of our other editors, would do what we call a, an initial edit. So read Lots it. of shout-outs, by the way, on the pod today. Yeah, re- read it. Like, basically, I want to go through it and be like, I'm comfortable if this got to press. Like, so then we get it fact-checked. comes back. Usually, there's a lot of small corrections i make the fact check corrections and it gets read again on all 130 stories yes and then it gets read again and then it goes no wonder to our, you're so stressed and then out. it goes to our layout team daily Cantrell, our, our outstanding shout out uh, she, she lays out the stories and then we have after that we have four more it gets four more reads so how many, how many total reads do you think of a six story or seven before it actually gets sent finalized and it's done final edit yeah six or seven Probably. And we have, it's read three to four times once it's actually in the layout form. So when I'm looking at, I'm looking at the actual document, how it looks when it's printed. So you can see everything together to be sure things are, you know. How many different sets of eyes will read each story? At least three. Like I read the story initially, then I'll read what I do as a final edit. So at least three people, usually four people read it and that's stuff. that's awesome I and mean, that's a yeah. lot of people um, i used to i mean and everybody sort of just so people know when you work at it when you start working at athlon which i've been here since i was seven um you start 
at the bottom level fact checking. That's how I started as a fact and checker. And you got to learn how to fact check first, and it is a very tedious process. I would say it's fun. Like the, I remember the first story I fact checked was um, a New Mexico story with Brian Urlacher. And like I explained to someone, like if this was like fact checking a medical document, it would be the most boring thing in the world. But it's college football. Right, so it's yeah. meticulous. You, got, you have to be a detailed person. But it's, you know, it's a good way to learn, too. Um, so, yeah, so that's basically – and then we, we you know, we get – the, the document gets sent to our production guy, and he does his thing from there and gets uploaded and all that stuff. So uh, we'll get to what the stories of the teams do to our predictions a little bit later on in the show. I don't I want to get to that. But um, lastly, how has the team coverage pages – not necessarily layout, but the content itself changed over your time. Because I know we've added things like the five factors from Bill Connolly, for example. We've added, you know, advanced statistics. So, sort of how how would you describe sort of the the coverage of each team, the evolution of that process, what goes into that those two team pages versus ten years ago? Yeah, I would think um, more nuggets of information, less focus on the actual story you know um I, I think people want you know like you said i want advanced stats in there like our sec magazine we have more than we do in the other ones but digestible stuff yeah dig- and it's not for everyone if you you know just skip that part so i'd say there's right. the, more recruiting information and more stats and a little bit less emphasis on the actual the the, the t- team story more like key three player three losses key players rising star more little quick hitting items uh, to complement the team story, but I, by I've, the way, that's not our fault at the magazine. That is your fault, the reader, because your attention span continues to go down. Okay, but so no, if our like, story I think has you gotten said, we, we less had, meaty and more digestible, more vegan, then it's because you guys want to eat vegan, and it's you guys don't want three racks of ribs and a bucket want, of fried chicken anymore. I don't want any gluten in my yeah, Georgia you're, story. You're very gluten. So, but you, you said something once, like in our, I think in our regional magazines, we had the little grid with you know. Total offense, rushing offense, whatever, like six key stats, how they did in the conference and how they did overall. And it wasn't in our national magazine. You came to me and said, this is like one of the most important things that I look at. So like that's a little, little small box. It was easiest for it to incorporate. So we want to just give out as much information. And obviously stuff is everywhere on the internet. You right, can find right. it, but, but tightly packaged that looks good. Yeah. It's well written. And uh, you can take it with you on the beach and read it under the sun. Exactly. That's the key. Uh, 12 years, that was my contribution to the magazine. <laughs> I got the national stats put in, or I got the team stats put into the national magazine. Um, all right, so photography and art. Real quickly here, um, there, one big, I think, I think we've had one major mistake in the photography and art department, and I can't remember what year this was, maybe like 2011 or 12. We had a Boston College player in the Arizona State. Well, that was production. That was not or, my fault. Or, right, but, but, or maybe it was vice versa. I can't, I think. I, no, we've but, had some. But we had a full page, and we call it a bleed when it goes all the way to the, the, the edges of the page, a full page photo, which we have been. Yeah, it was a BC guy in the Arizona State in the Pac-12 magazine. To so be produ- fair, the uniforms, uniforms are very similar to some guy who doesn't know any better, maybe. Our production guy production. Put, the, put the page. Yeah. We, we've had some mistakes, though. Uh, one thing would have, we almost, it would have been a really bad mistake. I forgot who it was. It was about eight years ago. On our national magazine, we had an Alabama player but we had the wrong player because of duplicate Ooh. numbers. In actual, was it Julio? I think it was supposed yes, to be Julio. Yes, and it was a defensive back. And yeah, we should have right. caught it because he, was big, he wasn't as big. But I remember we, that's when we put our covers out much earlier, and we got an email from an Alabama fan. And <laughs> I totally uh, played it me. off like, oh, this is just a, a sample of what it might look like. We're not, nothing's going to pressure. So basically we, you used to lie to all of our, our, our listeners. <laughs> 
We didn't have listeners back then. <laughs> it's true. So we got lucky. Literally, the, the covers were being printed that night. So we swapped it out. And oh, that did not nice. So that would have been. I remember that. That would have been one of one of the worst. It's like we, a, a like a walk on freshman defensive back yeah. wearing number. It was a special eight teams guy. Right. I think it was a spe- like who had a punt return. So he had the ball in his hands. He was number eight. <laughs> right, so hey, it's right. Julio Jones. So now uh, what we do because we have so many covers. Even though I can, I mean, okay, this is a little bit of an exaggeration. I know what Alabama's a thirteen quarterback number thirteen who's throwing left handed. I know that's Tua. So that's an extreme. Sure. But every every I Google image. Every cover guy to be sure it's the right guy. And, and we basically shoot how many teams do we have our f- photography team, a hit list as they call it, which sounds very like mafia-ish. Yeah. Um, but we basically shoot a handful of teams each weekend, every yeah. single weekend we of about the year. Five, Is that about how it works? Three to five games a weekend. Um, we try to get every Power 5 team at least once. It's difficult, though, because we, for cover – photography for cover art it really has to be a day game because the lighting right. and, and, there's and, out, and outside right? yeah and there, yeah and there's so there's so many there are more night games than there used to be so and, it's more, very, and it, more dome and games. we don't know the times until a week and a half out you know like every monday right. so it's really different it's more challenging for a photo editor to, to shoot games than it used to be um that's interesting so today it's far more difficult to schedule who you're going to shoot from a photography standpoint over the course of the entire 16, 15 Like if season. we need Kentucky and Tennessee and we haven't shot them yet, you we, don't, we don't know when the game is until the, the Monday, the right. 10 days out or whatever. So um, we shoot less games than we used to because of that. So we end up buying more photography than we'd probably like from. But, but we also, okay. like you said, we have a hit list. Uh, if, if we're shooting Alabama versus Texas A&M, I'll send to our photo editor a hit list of about eight guys that we need on both teams on both teams that we're going to need for the magazine next year but also now that we have a draft magazine which we've been doing for about five or six years we used to not shoot seniors like before we had a web presence we that we didn't need to shoot kyle Shermer for vanderbilt because he's a senior we don't you need going to use him in a magazine but now because of you know we, we, we'll have seniors that need to be shot for our draft magazine and then we need right. stuff for the web so um and and it's we we ask our photography's a little different like you know if, if you See on ESPN.com in a big photo or your, your local newspaper, they'll have a great action shot with a guy getting tackled. For the most part, we want our guys out in space. You know, we want, we want right. a running back for, for the cover. Because it to, needs to be a clean Yeah, it's a clean So So shooting for Athlon Sports is a lot different than, than shooting for a local newspaper. Right, where you want, like, the jumbled mix of or the dudes guy, you know, like, blocking and like, tackling. This is an extreme example, too, but, like, the Jadavian Clowney hit. Like, right, right, right. We, we put that in the magazine because it's a great photo. But for the most part, our elite players, we want them, again, out in space so we can silhouette and put on the cover. Yeah, like a, a, great, a great stance for, like, a defensive end outside linebacker is pre-snap. Yes, that – like, if like you look at our, if you look at our magazine, we have a lot of those. Because like when a like when a guy is pre snap defensive end with a stand like a stand up defensive end with his hands not in the dirt and he's standing up and he's in that two point crouch and he's about ready to like burst off the line of scrimmage, but he's standing still and there's no other players really around him. That's like an ideal photo to use on, on a cover because you got to crop everything else out before yes. before it gets put onto the cover. Um, so speaking of covers, let's do that. How many so. And we can just we can talk a little bit about the transition to beefing up the national magazine here. Um, but but we what what how many different teams and how important is the cover as far as the business goes? Because I think people believe, and we can get into predictions here if we want to now. Uh, because I think one of the questions we get all the time, and at least since I started here for th- twelve years now, is like, oh, you guys are overrating Notre Dame because you're trying to sell magazines, or you're overrating Penn State because you're trying to sell magazines. Or bought, what? Pick a team. Pick a big team that that, that that they think is a big brand that sells magazines. And 
our immediate response is almost like, well, no covers sell magazines. Right. I, I literally, and this is, I know I've, might, I might not be the most credible person because I've admitted lying twice on, so far on this <laughs> podcast. But in my 18 years here, I have literally, and we have literally never picked a team higher than another team because we might sell more magazines there. Because we don't. Yeah, right? we just Isn't don't that, do it. Like we pay, well, no, no, we, no, I mean, oh. I mean, we don't sell more magazines based on predictions. Well, right? we don't. We don't really. There's no data that backs. Yeah, up. We, 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 yeah, but but the point is, like, if we think Mississippi State's going to be better than Auburn, we're going to pick Mississippi State. I don't care how many magazines right. historically we've sold in Mississippi versus Alabama. It just doesn't work that way. Now, now, I, this I, and is, I will this, be, I will be a second source on this because we agonize over our predictions because we do compete on being accurate. Yes. We compete with all of our peers in the industry on being accurate. And our goal is to give our audience the best possible accurate projection. It's an educated guess, like every magazine we've done in, in, in the years that we've done it. But there is no co correlation. Well, first of all, it's not a consideration in our meetings when we make the predictions. But there's also no statistical data that backs up that we will sell more. If we picked... Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas, and Alabama, one, two, three, four every year, we're not going to sell more magazines because eventually we'll lose credibility and right. we'll sell less magazines. So we don't actually sell more magazines based on predictions. This was a good way of putting it. It was put to me when I first started. I don't know if it was a circulation department. We have circulation uh, manager. He said, held up a magazine. He said, open up. From, from this page to the last page, that's all you. The cover's mine. Basically, like... That's what I'm. We, we use the covers to sell magazines. So and, we're and, and distrib like distribution network and cover art. Yes. And design are two things that will sell magazines. Uh, obviously, our credibility and our brand. But like, if you're taking that out of the equation and somebody's standing at the newsstand looking at four different magazines, the things that will sell it aren't the teams listed, but the cover art and layout and where it's been distributed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the, and that, that's a real frustrating thing that I could go, and I don't deal with circulation. But the, the newsstand industry is obviously not what it was years ago. It's very and, it, and it's difficult. Not only are fewer, you're not, fewer people are buying magazines, it's the industry. It's very difficult to be because we regionalize ours. It's not like we're sending the same magazine out all over the place. Like I'll get calls from people in College Station. The Texas Big 12 covers on sale at my grocery store in the Texas A&M SEC one. Is that, so that's so frustrating to me is people are trying to buy their magazine and they can't find it. So that's kind of a separate issue. But as far Which is as totally out of the content department's right, right. Hands. So, so, so basically, you know, uh, we always talk about stories. That's a good story, but it's a really good cover blurb. So, like, you know, we we try to come up with catchy things that catch your eye on the newsstand, and, and you know, we promote things like in our college, our national magazine. You better believe it. You're going to see 300 plus pages, biggest ever. So, there's stuff like that that, um, you know, the, that our circulation department really wants us to promote. And, and, and there's a lot. There's been tons of studies done about where to put certain things in the cover like highlighting them in circles and blasts and all this stuff so th that's very important because we're trying to sell the magazine but again like you said we don't make our predictions based no, I, on I, that we we but but our cover you, where we sell our magazines and who we put on the cover we're trying to sell magazines right and i think that's an important distinction like the, i think the the way the the gentleman you alluded to uh, sort of referred to it as is the best like we're going to be open with you here we do manipulate the covers. We do manipulate. The, I don't know where, if manipulate's the right word. No, to sell magazines. Yeah. Like we're going to put the what we think is going to catch your eye the most. That's going to have the most. Like my point is, is that it's a business on the cover, and it's about college football and content inside. Uh, it, it, like uh, there's no, we don't. There's nothing changed inside about about what we think about teams, coaches, you know, first year coaches. When you rank, when we do Heisman, whenever all that stuff is as pure as the driven snow as it can get. 
and we are and then what we're trying to tell you is that what we what we openly manipulate to try to sell magazines is the cover of the magazine because you put a big name player on there, you make it look sexy, and you put it in the right store, and you're going to sell ma- sell magazines. Right, and, and here's an example too. For I'm holding our draft magazine right now. We have an exclusive Q and A with Nick Bosa. It, it actually it was a really good Q and A. He he had said some really good stuff. But if you're asking, is there me, anything about tweets in there? Uh, <laughs> if you if you're asking, if you give me truth serum, I didn't really care if the Q and A was interesting. Getting Q and A, getting exclusive Q and A with Nick Bosa on a draft magazine yeah. is more important to me. It, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's kind of, yeah, like, like yeah. So certain Q and A's we do, they're not that exciting, but it's a big name player and it's going to sell more magazines. Couldn't get Kyler Murray? I mean, no, on. we tried. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and, and we've had some, like, listen, we've had some really good Q and A's. I mean, over the, didn't we have Baker Mayfield, I think? Yeah, we uh, had Baker Mayfield before his senior year and then we had him in the yeah. draft magazine as well. Yeah. So, but actually I, the, I don't want the, the Q and A with Bosa was, he was really yeah, good. Yeah, it was very good. He's, well, he's an interesting guy yeah. and, and certainly I, I joke about the tweet yeah. stuff, but. Um, so I just think it's 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 interesting to sort of separate the cover from the content and and know full well that one of them is driven by business and one of them is dri- driven by trying to be as accurate as possible because we get graded on being as accurate as possible. So if we put something in there, you may disagree with it, but it is our honest opinion and it is our honest guess or with with lots of research and, and educated guess. You, you so. want to know what the. Um I would say probably since I've been here, the best selling in the magazine industry, the way you go sell through rate, like a good sell through rate in the magazine industry, I think is like in the low 30%, so, like so 30%, explain, explain what sell through rate is. 30% of the magazines you put on, like if you, if you put 10 copies at Barnes and Noble, if you sell three, that's pretty good for the industry. We're typically in the high thirties. Um, and a lot of our covers, the best selling one, I believe in my 18 years here. Uh, can I guess? Yeah. I want to say it is the Pat White, Steve Slayton yes. with, the mountains like the, in the background. The pictures of the mountains in the background. We, we it's spoke like oh six oh seven. Yeah, we spoke to the the people uh, of West Virginia <laughs> there. Two great, exciting players. Great cover art. I think we sold uh, like almost. I think we almost sold out. Uh, and obviously, in, the, yeah. the best, maybe the best team in school yeah. history helps helps as yeah, well. Yeah, th- that's another thing too. Does that help maybe more in magazine yeah, sales? Yeah, and I want to get into that too. Is like we have all this data every year about what magazine sells where, and sometimes the I, I battle with our circulation people. I said, well, you know what? It sold well there because that's the best team. That, like the, that's the best team. Like the team. Dak Prescott Mississippi State teams. Yeah, yeah. So people are excited. It might not sell well two years later if they went 2-10 and ten the previous right. year. So we, we can't make decisions. It, it, it can't be made in a vacuum just because we right. sold well. Last year, we need to do this. You need to look at all factors. An exciting player, a team on the rise. If, if they're not excited. Yeah, of course. If they're not excited about their team, you know, you're not going to sell as many copies. It's just we, we see that in the numbers, so that's that's something we consider as I, well. I find that to be fascinating. That, that well, no, but if you're a Tennessee makes, fan, no, it makes total and, and, sense. Yeah, and you go by this. You know what? I'm just I'm you're going to read more show. content in general, right? You're going to consume more podcasts. You're going to listen to more radio shows. You're going to click on more articles, and you're going to buy more magazines if your team is good. That's just that's the nature yeah. of the beast. Not not everybody is as sick and twisted as I am, as like a Mets fan, where I read all the Mets stuff even when they're. 13 30 games under 500 and all their pitchers are dying it's like it's i i'm i'm the glutton here you know i'm not the 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 the, the normal fan in that situation so um how about my small market yankees so fighting through injuries yeah you know, just doing, doing yeah, it less more with less just the, the little engine that could the new york yankees yeah small market team i mean there's not a lot of people in the first few rows of those, those those games expensive tickets yeah i'm anyway <laughs> <laughs> um so 
I, I don't know how much. So I, I think we've kind of covered the predictions angle of this. The, the, well, the, let's talk about the, the, the life cycle of a prediction itself, though. In theory, it starts watching games the year before. Yeah. Like it starts well, with, let's go into with that. everything. Like, Recruiting, it starts with everything. We, we have a... Um, a and, then, and then how much does the team story, and once you get the magazine built, then affect our... our, our like we come into the production with the prediction, and then we leave production, and maybe the prediction might be different. Yeah, it's, it's basically... A three-man crew. It's it's me, you, and Stephen Lassen. And, and Stephen Lassen, we've said, you know, we joke about it, but you know, from a personnel standpoint, I honestly don't know if there's a more knowledgeable person in the country about it. as far as going one thirty deep, granular. Yes, literally. I mean, you know, he can talk UTEP linebacker, you know, getting hurt, and he knows everything about that. So Stephen comes up with what we call team sheets for every team, and it's got like all players coming back, key players lost, recruiting rankings last five years new coaches and all that stuff all jammed into one and we have meetings based on every, the power five conferences because you're a power five snob you don't you don't <laughs> steven and i will have our own group of five meetings but we'll have a, a meeting where me you and steven it might take us 20 minutes to do a league it might take us three hours to do a league and we talk so we sort out our league and we do this like once a week throughout march and april through march to lead into so we've made our so it's we've kind made of a constant yeah we've made our acc predictions maybe in march but those aren't written in stone. Right. And to your point, like, stories come in. I might be, hey, Stephen, just read the BC story. It's really positive. Here's why. Sometimes we're like, okay. you know. So we take all that into consideration. Well, and it's not just that. Like, there's spring practice that happens. Sure. There's th- you start to combine the data, the stats, the analytics that we like, because you and I nerd out on, yeah. on the on the Schedules, obviously, are huge. Schedules. You start to – all that starts to become a factor with just returning starters, quality of coach, quality of team, recruiting class that's incoming. You start to – as the complete picture of the team comes into focus, right? That's yes. when we we find we start to. So we may be on the fence between Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Miami in the coastal, and have a really tough time deciding on that. And we may have a loose order going into production. Like we'll we'll going punt into production. for a few weeks, right? And we'll say, you know what? Let's see what the story says. Let's see what the numbers say. Let's reconvene after we've had a chance to sort of digest all of that, and then we'll make an adjustment all the time. Yeah, there comes a point where we we definitely do make adjustments on the fly, but there comes to a point maybe like three or four days before we send or maybe a week. Got to Barring anything else because what we call collateral damage, like moving Stanford up three spots, it it affects so many pages elsewhere and stuff. And it just becomes, you know, we got to be sure we cover all of our bases. So if something needs to be... Take people through that process. If, if, If we decide last minute, hey, we're a little too high on this team or we're a little too low on this team. And... We need. We want to move. You know, I don't know. Like we want to move. Uh, I, th- I think we moved Auburn down a few spots this year, for instance, from, okay. from and very late in the production cycle. How many well, different pages does that impact in the national magazine? Um, well, it affects our top twenty-five, which we've already had written and you know and laid out. So we had to move. A designer had to move some different spots. But so if you move a team from fifteen to nineteen, well, other teams are going to move too. So you got to right. be sure you go because we have our predicted rear rankings. And then sometimes if you're if we're moving them from 15 to 19, doing the math, well, they might not go five and three. It's more like a four and four type season. So that might affect a game. And then the, we the, have to well, do the conference standings. Yeah, projection yeah. Page so it, you know it can, it can it can change as little as two, but usually up to 10 to 12 pages. So that's why that's we crazy. need we need to. Uh, and a lot of my work is done, and I get frustrated. It's just part of the part of the job is we might have the Auburn story completely done. And I don't have to worry about that. The, those are in our to printer folder. And then they, get, they had a grad transfer from Elon. And so I got to go back. Rather than working on stuff that hasn't been worked on, right, I'm right. spending You're half an hour editing the story <laughs> and putting in the depth chart and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's a labor of love. I'm, I'm kidding. But ba- it's, I, 
that's not the most efficient use of my time at that point. What do you? <clears throat> what is your absolute number one favorite part of production of the magazine? When we're done. And, and I was going to say, you're not allowed to say <laughs> the, the, when you ship it off to the printer. And what is your absolute least favorite part of the production process? Um, that's a good question. I mean, because I was thinking about that recently. I, I, I enjoy... Without trying too corny, like I enjoy the 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 enormity of it, like just like when we start, the, how, how big of a task it is, and how short of a time, and how few people we have done. Like, like are you saying you're basically just you love how awesome you are? I love how, how awesome productive we are in a short amount of time. Like, <laughs> I figured out between our 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 regional college magazines through our our uh, excuse me our fantasy magazine which also includes an nfl yeah magazine. We, a magazine we spit out like 1200 pages of content in like a five-week period and, and every, three and, people and almost every yeah. page has been read by yeah. six six right. different right people so no but I, I love college football so i love learning about teams you know that's how i learn you know reading the stories i like editing stories um i really like i enjoy most of the process you know you get the dog days of production where I'm reading the Oregon State story, and I've already read ten stories today, and you know, they all blend together and stuff like that. So the things that I, you know, I don't like, you know, I, I can't think of one specific thing I don't like about. What it. part of the process then? Like, is there just just the fact that when something changes, you have so, the ripple effect is I, just so stressful? Like yeah, what? It's, it's stressful. I think the, um, I would say the part of the process, like when team stories start coming in, I really enjoy that because we're really focusing, like it's really getting time. I'd say. When you're still editing team stories and you haven't started getting them to layout yet, and you realize you're 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 only a, a halfway up the mountain, right? You're not even close to fin that. Then then you look at in in the magazines do at the printer in 11 days, and you're looking at this, and your son's got four baseball games, and you're like, how am I going to get this done? Like every year, yeah. it's an instant. Rob and I, Rob Doster and I, he'll walk by my office, and be like, we're never going to get it done. I was like, yeah, what, we shouldn't even try. Like, what's the point of even trying? You know? And then you do every year. every year. So every year. Um, all right, the decision to go with a beefed up more. So this year we have the National College Football Magazine, which is um, our best selling magazine. Yeah, it's three hundred and four pages this year. So I hear. Uh, so it's going to be much bigger and yes. more in depth this year. And and what's the residual effect of that? The consequences and why did we do that? So so for years we have had a five regional magazines, basically every Power Five league, and then our national magazine. Our SEC magazine sells extremely well. Our national magazine, which covers every team, sells well. We've had competitors throughout the years that 10 years ago did this as well. Now they're scaling back. So no, up until this year, we were the only one doing a, a regional magazine for every. A lot of them don't sell great. The, the national magazine continues to sell well, but most of the other regions, they, they don't sell great. Now, we still did them. It still made sense for us to do them. So I went to circulation this year. I've always loved the national magazine because the coverage of all 130 teams, it's my favorite one. I've always wanted to really beef that up, go to two pages per all Power 5 teams. Um, used, to be, used to be one. Yeah, we used to be one. Like Bowling Green got the same coverage as Alabama. Um, and, but I can't just go, especially in these times when not as many people are buying magazines, I can't just say, hey, I want to add 40 pages right. to a magazine. There's a lot of paper costs, ink costs. I mean, there's so many factors involved. So I went to our bosses here, laid out a plan, said, if we eliminate four regional magazines that aren't selling as well, and keep the SEC magazine that sells well, and add forty pages. The cost doesn't actually change. It's actually it's, it was a little bit of savings, right? So I just think that the heft that you see on a newsstand of three hundred pages of a college football, like our national college football magazine, with really good writing, really good layout and photography, I think more people are going to buy that. Now the 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 
residual effects, there's going to be some people that are pissed. There's going to be, you know, right. Pac-12 fans that have been buying. They, they appreciate that we've had a Pac-12 magazine for years. I get that. What I would say is, like I said earlier, the four pages of Arizona State coverage we had in the past, there's almost as much. We've, we're squeezing in a lot in two pages, and you're going to get – you're going to get – So you're getting, getting two less pages of coverage. Now there's less stuff about the conference, but, right? Um, right. We, yes. There, like there's the not conference as, page There's not as many conference features and stuff like that, but, but we have four pages for every conference of previews. First, so there's four pages of the Sun Belt preview. There's four pages right. of the SEC preview. Like – you know, we've we've got less photography now because we're jamming more in there. So I, I really I'm not just saying this. You're getting almost the same amount of coverage in terms of sales. Rank the conf- the Power Five conferences over the last let's, I don't know five years. Well, SEC is number one. I know the Pac-12 has been number two. I would say big, really Pac-12 is number two. No, uh, sorry, Pac-12 is last. Big Big Twelve. Big 12, Big 10 are about the same. I, I, I shouldn't speak out of turn. I just know the Pac-12 is last. You can, you can speak in generalities. Yeah, I think Pac-12 was last and the SEC was first. And The other three are sort of about the yeah, same. Yeah, and it just depends. Okay. Like, you know, Clemson's been selling well because they're right. good, you right. know. So um, so it wasn't a slight or any conferences to do this. We're just trying to make business decisions and put right. out the best product possible. And, and so, again, the national magazine, the way I view it is sort of the national magazine is our magazine. It's the best seller. It now has extra coverage for every team in college football. It is the premier source to get coverage for all of the, one of spot, the, of the yeah. entire country in one spot. There happens to, we still happen to do an SEC magazine because it sells well and people buy it. Um, are you allowed to talk about how like the Mississippi cover sells oh, more than the entire Pac-12 No, I'm not combined? allowed to, no. One year <laughs> I looked at the data and noticed that we sold more SEC magazines in the state of Mississippi, like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and there are how many people in Mississippi? Three million people? Uh, than the entire Pac-12. Now, I don't know if that's been every year, but there was one year where that was the case. The, the entire Pac-12 magazines with our USC, UCLA coverage, our Cal Stanford cover, our Arizona cover. And yeah, there's like 50 million people in California. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe I'm making that up, but it's a huge state. There's, more, there's lots of people in the Pac-12. We don't need a fact checker to say that there's more people in the Pac-12 region than in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it just means more. It does. So. It does. So, um, yeah. So that so that's the change this year. I, w- I would have loved to keep doing all those magazines. Honestly, like if 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 they were selling great and you know Pac twelve was forty percent sell through, we'd be doing a Pac twelve magazine. Would you do three hundred pages of a Mac magazine? Just w- just you personally. I would do four hundred. Four hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, who I want to read. We, I mean, we're, you got hu- Tom we're huge in upstate New York. We got Tom Arth so. at Akron coming in. We you know we probably need at least a four page feature on him. What makes Tom Arth tick? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then kind of a Terry Bowden swan. You know, what's Terry Bowden going to do now that he's no longer at Akron? I mean, the I would like four pages of on the facilities upgrade and race and and um, unofficial and official recruiting budgets of Buffalo versus the rest of the the MAC as well. Okay, you're trying to trying to I w- your buddy. You're trying to help. I'm just out? saying. I'm just saying. Okay, they got to spend a lot more on unofficial visits. I'm just saying. Not many, not many, not many, <laughs> not, many, not, many road tri- not many road trips in the six hour radius around Buffalo. Um, all right. So I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to, to kind of cover. I really wanted to just take people through the, the process of putting it together. And listen, you, you can ask us questions, shoot us questions on Twitter. Um, we are of full transparency on this. I, just, well, one I, thing I, I wanted to do that for the first time because we've never, we've been doing this podcast for four yeah, years this, now. Some people might find this really interesting. Some people just sure. might not. But uh, sure. one thing, we've become a lot more efficient. Technology has definitely helped. When I first started at Athlon, I, to, to say that I worked every night until 11 or 12 for about a month is not an exaggeration. I would not work Friday nights. I work Saturday during the day, Sunday during the day. It is not nearly like that now. We just we become a lot more efficient, and we're not doing as many pages and stuff. But I remember, like, because I had two kids under five, sort of like you at the time. 
on Mondays and Wednesdays, I would go home for dinner, help my wife put the kids to bed, then I'd come back to work in the office because we didn't have laptops and work oh, from like God. seven to 11. And then, and then like Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would just stay here and work through dinner and stuff like that. So it was, it so, was. So the wife gets a lot, she, of, lot, yes. of, lot of respect for putting the young kids. Yeah, it's not sure. like that anymore. Far more efficient. I can coach my son's baseball team. <laughs> I can go. leave for game. You know, work. And also just being able to work at home on the weekends and at night with my laptop, and I can have access right. to our servers. Just the right, right, technology's right. been fantastic. Yep. Um, uh, but if you have any questions, or you know, here, here's something like just someone might find interesting. I got an email, this is going back 10 years, from a Washington fan saying, why aren't there ever any photos of us in our home purple? And I was like, that's a good question. So I went to a photo editor and said, well, two things. Washington is, they, it's something, the, the weather. It's like, it's... it's Overcast all the yeah, time. Yeah, seriously. Like, and we have good photographers in L.A., so they shoot LA and USC home games, so we have Washington. Right. So I that's just like a random thing. I, I promised... Our guy, I said, next year, I've told our photo editor, we want to shoot a game in Seattle. We'll find a day game. The next year, we had them in their home uniforms. Um, I, so I there's just a little nugget like that that's, that's kind of interesting. And, and I will say this uh, on your behalf because, you, you know, you, you've, you have admitted to lying to your, to your readers, but also you will take the just time. Twice. I, I, I've seen you do it, and I've seen it, like, upset you in, 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 like, in real time where if a reader or, or somebody emails or even writes a letter, like back in the day, it was back writing an actual letter uh, or an email, you, A, you read every single one. Um, if anybody ever emails the company about a magazine in any way, shape, or form, whether it's as, as small an issue like a, why don't you see my team in this uniform to you know any possible thing that could have gone, you read every single thing and you take it all very seriously. Like it, it's, it, it weighs on you when like there's a thing out of place or – hey, we didn't do this for our audience or we didn't do that for our reader. And even though it's just one guy complaining about one thing and it may not really matter to anybody else, you do take the, I've, I've, I've worked with you long enough to see that you will, you take it very seriously when somebody email, takes the time to email you and say, hey, here's a thought or, or whatever, yeah, no, or, or even a complaint. And you, yeah. you take it very seriously. Generally, you reply to all of them and you go out of your way to try to solve the problem. So I'm not trying to like, you know, pump you up here and blow smoke, but I, I do think that that's been an impressive part of your role in the magazine. Well, thanks. Is no, that I, you, I, are, you, are very, you take it very important. You take it very seriously, your interaction on a customer service level with our readers. Well, I, I find, too, that most people, if they email you, they're not, they're, they're not happy about something, their team, whatever. When you reply, they say that you replied and there's maybe some thought behind your, your some rationale. that Oh, thanks for, thanks for replying. Love the magazine or something like that. But, you know, we talked about facts. There have been sometimes where you get emails and you're like, this is ridiculous. Why are they complaining about this? Yeah. Da, 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 but da, I emailed da, da, back I, and I'm I nice. Can't, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but one thing we talk about fact checking and we do fact check. We, everything's proofread, but I, there's, there's no way we put out perfect magazines. There are mistakes. And, sure. and it just, it kills me when someone sends an email or tweets a picture of, Oh, you, there's a typo here. And you and already and, knew about it. Yeah. Well, just, no, yeah, just it's, it's, but it's, it's, didn't, it's didn't part we have, of, like, didn't part we have of the, the Oklahoma state schedule wrong. A couple years ago, where we put like Oklahoma's schedule on Oklahoma State. No, we had, page we had Miami on the National Magazine. We had Miami Hurricane schedule uh, on the Miami of Ohio page, uh. and you know our design. They lay things out. So now, right. so you know, I like to say we usually don't make the same mistake twice. So that was a that was something where the schedule was played because we don't. When I'm looking at a page that's already laid out. I just assume the schedule's right. Correct. Yeah. So now I look, and I mean, we should have seen that. The fact that Miami of, uh, of <laughs> Ohio is playing, playing eight ACC games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously <laughs> that should have been caught. But now that's right. one thing I check. I, I check the schedule to be sure that they, you know, that that 
that that's the right schedule. And if they're in the Mac East, that they're playing Mac East teams, that it wasn't like a Toledo right, schedule right. on an Akron page and stuff. So like we are recording this on Wednesday, May 8th. And as of yesterday, May 7th, all of the college football and all of the NFL magazines are out the door and finished. So you've had this big weight lifted off your shoulders. How, real quickly, the process, when you send it out the door – versus it getting back into your hands how fast is that it depends like um a lot of times we have we might have a deadline like tuesday by 6 p.m to get it to the plant and i don't do all that that's that's uh some other department yeah it's production but depending on what the plant's got they might not print it for two days so it might just you know just based on their schedule are you allowed to make changes at that point it depends that that's certain things cost money like before we hit the send button we can make changes and whatever like that. And then it depends on how far along the process right. they are. Like certain things like that Mike Price thing, we literally had coverage reprinted because it was that important. Right. If we had a typo, if I found that I spelled to his name wrong, and we're not gonna we're not gonna spend three thousand right, dollars right, to correct right. that. So getting the Alabama head coach correct is yeah. probably important. Yeah. So I, I would say from the time that we hit the send button, it's about two a little over two weeks before we physically get them all in the office. Uh, and then it's usually another week and a half to two weeks before they're on the newsstand. So again, okay. I said that earlier. That's that's the only it's just when you have a national magazine, you have distribu- distribution all over the country. Yeah. No, no, it takes, takes, yeah, it takes time. time. I would love for us to, like the web, you hit send and it's, it's, it's a news. And if something's wrong, day. you go in in the back end and you edit and change the word and you push send and it's back it's, up again in five seconds. So. Exactly. Funny, funny little thing about here. I, I don't do much writing for the website except in the fall. Football stuff. Well, Rich McV- uh, McVeigh, our, our – More uh, shout-outs. Yeah, our, um, our online editor, he had me do for some reason just a – he wanted a list of – top 20 home run hitters because you know people search and it was so i just i went like babe ruth and had a blurb about him like whatever it was just an online content and i sent it to him months ago and then someone hit me up on twitter there's a mistake in your mark in a mark mcguire thing and i was like i thought it was like probably a listener of the podcast that read it and knew <laughs> me didn't know how to get in touch with anyone and i was like i said thanks i'll pass this along to the to the to the our web editor and then I clicked on the story and I was like, oh, wait, I wrote that. I got it wrong. <laughs> so then I went and fixed it. I replied to the guy and said, hey, you know, sorry about that. Right, I forgot right. writing this. So, Well, uh, I hope this has been like I've been here for 12 years and I still learn stuff today. So I, I hope that people enjoy the process. Maybe you don't. We'll get back into. By the way, we will be giving away magazines on the podcast like we did last year. That will start next week. So we'll start the trivia questions, of course, you answer on Twitter. So I know you have to be on Twitter to do that. So. Um, join Twitter and follow us at Athlon Mitch at Braden Gall. You can reply to us with answers to the Twitter questions. It's going to be first come, first serve, like we did last year. Um, we will try to alert you on Twitter as to the scheduling of the podcast. Um, should we just go ahead and decide that next next Wednesday is going to be the day? No, that we next do it? Thursday. Next Thursday will be the day. We're gonna invite, uh, I think we're going to invite Stephen so, Lassen in, and we're going to really maybe a deeper dive into our, our playoff yeah. playoff predictions. So next Thursday will be our first uh, uh, sort of giveaway. So make sure you're listening to that. Um, We'll explain and give more details to that coming up next week. I hope you loved it and enjoyed it. Hope you learned something about the magazine. Um, We are are literally open magazines. So tweet us questions if you got anything else that I like, we missed. I like suggestions on features. Yes. You know, like yes. um, there's you, a player on your team that has a great backstory, you know, and, and, and we want to know about it and we want to tell good stories. Yep, no question about it. Mitch Light, great stuff as usual, man. We've been doing this a long time. I've learned everything I know about the print world and, and mostly the journalism world from you. So um, I hope people enjoyed it. At Athlon Mitch, follow him there. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Interact next week back on Thursday with some with our actual playoff predictions and explanation and rationale and arguments and debates we'll do all of that next week this is the athlon sports cover two podcast